Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Round the board. Midweek update on Debo Samuel. He's 50-50. Do the Niners need him on the field Sunday to win? And around the horn, around the Hall of Fame inductions. This is always a great conversation because everything you're witnessing here deemed not Hall of Fame worthy by the baseball writers of America. You believe that? What a travesty. Let's go around the horn. I like I'm at a party in the 1960s. My favorite yearly tradition. Yeah, see? Packing up and Get around the bases there, is he? We'll get to all that in a second. Start with the news of the day. After the stunner yesterday that the Milwaukee Bucks fired Adrian Griffin at 30 and 13, the non-stunner news of today, the Milwaukee Bucks are hiring Doc Rivers. I don't need to tell you any more, National Panel. J.A. Adade, welcome back around the horn to you on what the Bucks are doing here from firing Budenholzer to hiring Griffin to firing Griffin to hiring Rivers today. Well, you know, they're, they're finally reacting to the alerts. You know, the alerts when, when Terry Stotts left as an assistant coach early on. From what I was told, he, Adrian Griffin wasn't listening to him. That's what he felt. The alerts when Giannis Antetokounmpo repeatedly said at the end-season tournament, we have to be more organized. Yikes. Hello. They're hoping that they can duplicate what happened for and the Cavaliers when they replaced midseason David Blatt with Ty Lue, mm-hmm. way back when with the Lakers when they elevated Pat Riley. Neither of those guys had prior head coaching experience unlike Doc Rivers. But the question is, can Doc Rivers and experience overcome the structural differences, the key personnel differences with this team that has made them worse deficient, uh, defensively? Glenn Yates, I'll bring you in here. Defensively or not, this is a problem. If you win a ring and fire your coach and then bring in another guy and get rid of him as well, that is not good for business. I don't want to say this about Giannis because he's a nice guy, and I think a lot of people don't ascribe this to, frankly, non-American players, but it kind of feels like we're in coach killer mode with one of the biggest stars in the NBA. If I find out that you've got another guy in Rivers being a consultant to the team because you did not trust Griffin, at this stage, I'm not sure what to believe in from sources telling me. They didn't even tell him to a man why it happened. They just said, you got to go. If I'm a Bucks fan, I'm furious about how this organization has handled themselves ever since they were able to bring back a Larry O'Brien trophy. Israel Gutierrez, I turn to you here on the schematic changes, the structural changes, and whether something was untoward here or an undercurrent here over the last couple of months with the consulting. Well, I find this particular instance, it's probably unfair to call Giannis a coach killer because to me, it was an Adrian Griffin sort of been put in an unfair situation from the beginning. Because remember, he was brought in before Damian Lillard was Mm. uh, traded for on this team. And so he was thought to be a guy that would, hey, nurture the relationship with Giannis, sort of become this this coach and and, and develop himself as a head coach and have some patience. You bring in Damian Lillard to, to a place that he didn't really want to go, mind you, in Milwaukee. All of a sudden, you have no patience. The first sign that you see something 
isn't working, you have to make a move on that. And if there are glaring signs, like maybe some say they're where they're with Adrian Griffin, then you make the move in season and you do it with a coach who can come in with the sort of it hit the ground running. He's done this before. He knows what he's looking at. And say what you will about Doc Rivers and his failures in the playoffs. If you're a player, you say, hey, give me a 3-1 lead in the playoffs. I'll make sure we don't lose that 3-1 lead. So I think the players themselves would say, hey, we trust what we have coming in and we can make a change and still succeed in the middle of the And season. Harry Lyle is your view of it all. I think this has to be the first move of multiple moves, and I don't know exactly how many there are, but there has to be those things. With the coaching perspective of it, you're bringing in somebody that's been there before. He's seen everything in this league. Obviously, as he mentioned, you know, you can feel one way or another about his coaching record, but the players are going to respect this guy. That's one thing. The other thing that everybody sort of touched on but didn't really get into is, yes, this team has a defensive issue. They're second in the NBA in offense, but they're 22nd in defensive efficiency. They were fourth last year. And one thing that you can't ignore, yes, that could be a schematic thing with coaching, but very specifically, I can't help but look and see that Drew Holiday is not on this team anymore. And that big gap has obviously made itself up. I think that you're going to have to see moves from this team on their personnel in order to fix that gap because just bringing in one guy is not going to fix that. Dante, back in. I'm just curious on the consulting thing. How would that have worked out if he had continued to broadcast games on ESPN working with one of the teams, an individual team in the league? That would have been interesting if that got out. Well... And that was the biggest issue. When you have a new coach and you have a championship caliber roster, they have to buy into what you're selling. And we already knew this was going to be, let's say, a defensively a needing team. They needed some more defensive players. They needed to be coached very well. And if they're not buying in from the beginning and you've got Giannis saying we need to be more organized, that's probably a defensive situation. And so you bring in Doc Rivers and you feel like, hey, he knows this game well enough. He can fix it. We trust him. And Clinton Yates, you got the Flames earlier. Finish us off here. It just, is, it just doesn't feel like this team is better today with Glenn Rivers than they were before because they were already a very good basketball team from a talent standpoint. We've been horned. We'll move on. Baseball Hall of Fame. Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, Joe Maurer getting in. Billy Wagner, five votes short in his second to last year on the ballot. It's over for Gary Sheffield. This was his last year on this ballot. Andrew Jones is still close but not enough to get over that mark. Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez, even further down and no upward trend for them. For Beltre, the number was 95% for his long and sparkling and compiling career. Helton and Maurer had the shorter dominant peaks. The joy of that call that those three players received, it's just a beautiful thing when you watch the videos. But Clint, I have a question for you. Is this about who the baseball writers of America voted in or who they didn't? Unfortunately, it's about who they didn't, which has become the story of this weekend almost every year for as long as I can remember in the past couple decades. I write about baseball. There's a reason I'm not a member of the BBWAA. It's because I don't want to be affiliated with this kind of nonsense when it comes to upholding the legacies of players who deserve it. Gary Sheffield is a player who had 25 homers for six-plus teams. You got Andrew Jones, who's the best defensive center fielder I've ever seen in my life. And in general, the fact that there are people that actually care about this, certain players. You talk to Sheff, he's one of those guys. I just feel that the gatekeeping that's happening at this level of the game is so far away from what the average baseball fan cares about that it's borderline rendered Cooperstown useless. And that is unfortunate for all the guys that are already there, all the people that want to get there, and for all the people that actually do enjoy celebrating the history of the game. If it's incomplete, everybody knows that. And this is another failure as far as I'm concerned by that association. Israel Gutierrez. 
Yeah, I'm in total agreement with Clinton here. And I'll stick to the Gary Sheffield argument because he played a portion of his career in my city. And you look at his numbers and you see what he did. And it just makes you realize, hey, I'm not looking at the numbers of the actual guys who made the Hall of Fame. I'm sitting here studying the guys who didn't and why. If you talk about Gary Sheffield and go back to him being named in the Mitchell Report and him saying basically he used a cream or clear or whatever it was for a knee injury because some stitches kept popping out. Well, A, why couldn't we possibly believe him? But even if you're that much of a cynic and you don't believe him, okay, are we just going to single out this one era and not really tell the story of baseball? Let them in. Let them have to address that in their Hall of Fame speech. Let it be addressed in, uh, you know, on their plaque or whatever it is, but all we're doing is talking about them in a different way, and it just doesn't do baseball any favors. Aaron Lyles Jr. Tony, I got to talk about Andrew Jones. It is absolutely ridiculous to me that every year I get to sit here and do the show, and we get yeah. to talk about why the greatest defensive center fielder in baseball history is not in the Hall of Fame. From 98 to 2007, his wins above replacement was third best in Major League Baseball, only behind Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez. There are four players in Major League Baseball history with 400 home runs and 10 gold gloves. One of them is Andrew Jones, one of them is Ken Griffey Jr., one of them is Willie Mays, one of them is Mike Schmidt. He saved 235 runs over the course of his career. That is 50 more than Willie Mays. If Andrew Jones can do that while playing for then America's team while the Atlanta Braves are on that TBS baseball contract and he can't get in the Hall of Fame, your Hall of Fame means not a damn thing. And Jay Adonia, I'll start with the same question I asked. I mean, this is now getting to a place where it really is, as, as Israel alluded to, not fair to Beltre and Helton and Maurer because the energy around the conversation is, look at this entire generation is 50-50 on whether guys get in. Go ahead, Jay. Because it also diminishes the people who do get in because we can't say the Hall of Fame represents the best of the best, right? Because that's not what it is when guys like Bonds and Clemens and now even Sheffield are not in there. So, yes, it does diminish it. And we have to look at the process. You know, some news outlets don't allow their reporters to vote on any awards or honors because they, see, they think it's a conflict of interest. But in this case, not only is there confliction, there's people going above and beyond the rules that are in place by the leagues. They're superseding. Baseball has deemed these players eligible for these awards. Baseball has never bothered to rescind awards that were won by people that were actually found to have tested positive or admitted that they used performance-enhancing drugs. And yet the Baseball Writers Association has taken upon themselves to determine who is and is not eligible based on arbitrary means. I got to tell you guys, this is Flames again, and I appreciate that. I want to hear the good now about Beltre and about Helton and about Mauer. Clinton Gage, you covered all in their careers, please. Adrian Beltre was one of the most fun players you'll ever see. If you go back and watch highlight reels, the stuff that's not even baseball-related is Hall of Fame worthy. Joe Maurer, obviously the kind of player that inspired kids to play baseball up in the north. And Todd Helton, a guy who once started on a football team over Peyton Manning, mm. making it to Cooperstown is unbelievable to me. There are good stories that come out of what happens hey, to hey, I saw Beltre's first game with the Dodgers when he was called up in the 1990s at Dodgers Stadium. The, the decades that he continued to yeah. play and not age and continue oh, to Oh, he produce. looks great today. When he picked up that call and he had his children to his side. I mean, insane. it was a beautiful insane. thing. But his career, not, that number, 95%, on some level, it's like he was a four-time All-Star. And then you look at the other compiled numbers, the home runs and the 3,000 hits and, of course, the great third base play. And Joe Maurer, one, the catchers are underrepresented in that museum, which, again, I say Fast. is a museum. But any right. museum worth a damn is telling complete stories and not just partial stories. And that 
is the sin I got that of back. the last generation of the game. Put him Take in. A break. Buy or sell next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from above the Heineken River Deck. NBA getting weird last night. Portland Trailblazers filing a protest over how their game ended with OKC. Portland up one, 20 seconds left. Chauncey Phillips, you can see him trying to call timeout. Refs didn't see him, said they were focused on the play, and then called the double dribble on Brogdon. Phillips was furious, came out in the court, came out further in the court, double teched, ejected. Thunder tied on the tech free throw, then took the lead on the possession and won. J.A., You've covered this league for decades. Buy or sell protest. <laughs> I'm selling the, the ability, the, the merit of the protest here. I mean, Chauncey Phillips is out past half court. The, the player had his back turned to the officials. It's easy to see why they missed the turn. That said, I hope it gets upheld because I love when they have to replay games in the NBA. It doesn't happen enough. It's only happened six times in the league's history. Love oh, it has that. happened six. I was going to ask, does this Ever work? You can think of one where it actually worked, and they replayed it. I, I could think of a Laker one way back in the day, and then a Heat, uh, Heat Hawks with Shaq in, involved. In That's when Shaq Hawks. had six fouls, and he actually only had five. But he was traded in the meantime. <laughs> the pro- That's why the protest never worked. They didn't have Harry Lyles Jr. Sorry, I was playing. Remember when? Uh, last night's protest. <laughs> Tony, upon first look, I mean, this seems like a very easy call for them to make because this is something that happens all the time. And so I saw this and wondered, how could Bill Kennedy's crew actually miss this? And it's because they did it. When Malcolm Brogdon turned the first time, if you were calling timeout then, they probably would have given it to you. When he came over this way and started moving into his double dribble, you did not get that timeout. So it's on Chauncey Billups, man. If you wanted that timeout, you should have called it in the two or three seconds that you had the opportunity to do so beforehand. No, this this has no merit. Israel, buy or sell the merit of this protest. What a weird thing to love, watching a game and then having it end two months later. J.A., I don't really get that one. But look, I, I'm <laughs> selling the protest. The, the idea suspense. that you can protest the entire game based on that. <laughs> the idea that you can pro- protest the entire game based on that, I'm not buying. But it also gives me sort of a uh, license to give my take again of let's put coaches back in suits because a man in a suit calling for a, t- calling for a timeout, way more respected than yeah. a man in an orange hoodie. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, his zip up was kind of similar to OKC's jersey. I can see what you're saying there. Uh, Clinton Yates. Yeah, too close. Yeah. I'm selling this. If Billups wants to focus on anything, how about you focus on teaching your players that once you get over the half court line and you get trapped, don't pick up your dribble because you've got extra defenders in the boundaries. These are the basics of basketball. Never mind whether or not Brogdon probably should have called that timeout himself once he knew he was in trouble. Buy or sell two. The two questions pressing the San Francisco 49ers right now. Will DJ Greenlaw go down? He still hasn't gone down. This is from Sunday. He still hasn't gone down. Uh, but the real question, will Devo Samuel play Sunday? No practice today. He's been reporting all week. It's 50-50. Details on the shoulder injury are very few. But that there was not a fracture. But that it was the same shoulder he's injured in the past. Harry. Here's the question. Does San Francisco need Debo Samuel to win Sunday against Detroit? I believe that they do. This team's offensive efficiency is at 52.3% when he's on the field, and it goes down to 443 when he's off the field. And I think something to take into account here, we remember his contract negotiation, I believe, last year was quite the topic of discussion, and it is because he, rightfully so, was able to go to the 49ers and be like, hey, I am not built like these other wide receivers. I am good running the ball. I am an integral part of this offense, especially and more valuable in a Kyle Shanahan offense. So, yes, they absolutely need it. Israel Gutierrez. Yeah, we've seen what the 49ers look like when they're not perfect, when they're not the well-oiled machine, then it puts a lot more onus on Brock Purdy, especially when you've got a shoulder injury for Debo. If he does play, is he going to still be that same after-the-contact sort of beast out there once he catches it or runs the ball? Is Brandon Ayuk enough? Can he be the guy to fill those gaps if Debo Samuel is not at least 100% or not out there at all? That's a lot to ask. I don't have that much faith in the Detroit defense that maybe the Niners can't get away with a little bit of not being like themselves, but Debo Samuel of the top three players that they could lose, probably in that in that time. All right, so Harry's definitely buying they need him to win. Israel, you were kind of in between there. Give, give me a yes or no, or buy or sell. I think they do. I think they need him to Clint win. Clint Yates, same question to you. I don't think they need him. I think that this is a team with enough weapons that when Purdy's got it going and he's confident enough that they can manage to put together a win, as we saw last week. Do I think it actually helps his confidence to have somebody that can rip off a run and has those kind of yak yards? Absolutely. But this is a team that's proven that what they've got on offense is enough to beat some of the best teams in the NFL, and that's what's the reason why they're in this game. Yeah, Donda. Yeah, they won with only one quarter of Debo Samuel last week. And the key is Christian McCaffrey. Their most important player had two touchdowns in that game. And even though he's not quite right, the most important thing is to make sure the battery, not their gun, is fully charged. <laughs> and he gets all the treatment help he needs on the and sideline. And the most important for the trainers maybe be in a, in a position that, well, it just... Rotate the athletes. Yeah, rotate. It looks, it looks on the up and up when, when cameras catch it. That's what I would say. Buy or sell three, the Bills exit conference this week. I don't get into that windows closed <clears throat> mindset, but this is a quarterback league, and I believe in the guy we got in center, under center. It, this is not a situation where you, you strip it down to the studs, you start all over. I mean, we've done a lot of good things. You know, we're disappointed, yes, but not broken. Steph's an, he's a number one receiver. Um, you know, it's, I firmly believe that. Israel buy or sell that? 
Well, I'm selling it. I just think the idea of focusing on the quarterback or focusing on the wide receiver, that's not Buffalo's problem. I know Stephon Diggs dropped a long pass that could have maybe changed the outcome of that game. But having Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs as a starting point is what makes you a contender. What they need is to shore up that defense. Maybe get Matt Milano healthy. That might help, right? Get everybody healthy and shore up that defense so that way you know you have a quarterback that can win you any game as long as that defense keeps you in the game. And that's so you would agree, though, at. disappointed but not broken, not big sweeping changes this offseason. They're close, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree, but it's difficult when we talk about the theoretical idea of having Allen and having Diggs is what puts you in contention, but then when you need it, it does not happen. That is an actual problem, and so that's what Buffalo is going to have to figure out. If this is what you think is number one and what you want, maybe the overall talent level of who you are is not that high, and that's kind of disappointing. I think they have what they needed on the roster. Remember, Gabe Davis didn't play in that game. Remember how important he was in that classic that they played at Arrowhead Stadium a couple years ago? But he's he going to be a free agent. They may not have him in receiving year. yards. Yeah, but but bringing him back, I would say, would be a priority. Not blowing up and looking. And Harry Lowes Jr. They do need more weapons on offense, though. Stephon Diggs, I still think, is a wide receiver when he had 49 catches, 620 yards, five touchdowns in the first six weeks. Obviously, that tailored off in the second half of the season. But your wide receiver number two, J.A., cannot be a guy that we've been playing off of more potential than promise for the last two years. Dalton Kincaid, rookie tight end, was basically your second best option. You've got to give him a little bit more than that. You're saying, Israel, that other teams have the same number of weapons or fewer weapons, Kansas City being one of those teams in your estimation. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it shakes out. they got a long, the defense. cold the winter defense. and then still cold spring and then a summer to I'm figure it out. I get uh, look at the scoring on this show. I am so impressed with the scoring. I absolutely control arbitrarily. But when you're scoring, today, very nice. Protest, Harry Lyles. Protest, Israel. Put on a suit, Israel, and you can protest, all right? <laughs> Showdown next, yay to Dada. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One showdown for all the marbles, and I take you back to Monday night. It was an absolute disgusting performance of defense <laughs> and immature basketball. Chris Finch led into his team after the letdown Monday. The NBA two-minute report came out and said there were 10 missed calls in the final two minutes of the game. Ten! Six favoring Charlotte, three favoring Minnesota, one was even. The foul call Cat wanted with five seconds left that would have put him on the line to give them the lead was one of the missed calls. Clinton, does 10 missed calls mean that that game should be under protest? Or at least that Finch should take back what he said? 
The whole thing is preposterous. I feel like we get two-minute reports for every other game, and nobody ever seems to get fired, even though all these mistakes are being made. All I ask for is accountability when it comes to a fish Sheriff Yates wants people fired here. Jay Adani, how about you? It's still the accountability for the players. Coach had it right. My favorite was the two missed calls on the go-ahead attempt by, by uh, Towns at the end there. But you know what? How about the eight missed shots by Towns in the fourth quarter? I think that had more to do with the collapse than the missed call. I don't know if this was wire to wire, but this was a flamethrower of a show. <laughs> fire to fire. Let's go. Earlier this week, I sat down with Snoop Dogg to talk about his new movie called The Underdogs. What it's about is a group of kids who are on a youth football team coming from a neighborhood where they're kind of struggling to figure out life. A big-time former football player comes back and tries to help them get on the right path. It's based on his experiences with his own youth football league, one of which CJ Shroud, by the way, was a member of. It was such an interesting experience to watch him talk about his life and who he's become as a leader and as a coach and a people of men. And also, he said he wants to be on this show, Tony, which means you probably should get him in this box right here at some point. It comes out on Put him in the box, he said. But it's fun. He's been on We've the show. We've had him on before. We've had him on. We've had him on. Jack, Jay and Dante. Right next to me. Right, right. on my show. There's Fox. He's been on the show. Right. Don't you remember, Snoop? Great stuff today, guys. I remember. On a 23-hour awesome. break. See you tomorrow.